Thank you for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Show. Are you feeling stuck in your personal and professional life? Do you want to take your life to the next level, but don't know where to start? The four-week Turning Point Coaching Program is here to help you achieve your goals. Our program is designed to help you identify your turning points and the effects they've had on your confidence. We'll evaluate changes you'd like to make, set achievable goals, and create a plan to reach them. We'll work with you to develop a customized roadmap that fits your unique needs and circumstances and provide ongoing support and guidance every step of the way. We will help you overcome any obstacles that are holding you back and build the confidence and skills you need to succeed. So if you're ready to take the next steps and transform your life, join the Turning Point Coaching Program today. Check out the show notes for the link to register. I look forward to supporting you on your journey to becoming beautifully confident. Have you struggled with self-confidence? Being over 50, I've had countless moments of self-doubt from questioning my career choices to going through a divorce and trying to navigate the dating world as a single mom. Sometimes it feels like the doubts just keep piling up, but I know I'm not alone in this struggle. I am your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to be sharing the Beautifully Confident show where we'll explore ways to grow our confidence inside and out. We'll hear from experts who have been through it all and learn practical tips for embracing our strengths and feeling more self-assured. I'm excited to embark on this journey of self-discovery and growth, and I hope you'll join me in overcoming our doubts and fears and become beautifully confident together. Hi, and welcome to the Beautifully Confident Show. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to have you here. On our show, we explore the powerful connection between beauty and confidence, and we hear from incredible experts who have overcome challenges and risen to become the beautifully confident women they are today. And I have a perfect example of this with me here today. So I would love to introduce you to my guest today, Susan Asher. Hi, Susan. Hi, Kelly. How are you? And thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh, let me introduce Susan and tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to hear from her. Susan Asher is an award-winning career coach and life coach, the founder of the Sphere of Excellence in Communication. Susan has helped countless women and men find their next great job and become the best versions of themselves. Susan works with her clients to help them raise the bar in their jobs and lead better, more fulfilling lives. Susan is the author of Dude, Seriously, It's Not All About You. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude, Seriously, Get Your Ask in Gear, Tools for Today's Leaders and Job Seekers. Susan, welcome. I am Hi. excited to hear from you. Hi, Kelly. Hi there. Thanks again for having me. Excited to be here. So Susan, let's just start with sharing your story about how you got where you are today. Well, that's it's a good story, right? Um, well, at least I think it is. I, um, I'm actually the children of German immigrant parents, and I went to kindergarten speaking German. Not because my parents didn't speak English. They did, but they knew that if I didn't learn it early on, I wasn't going to learn it at all. Huh. So you can imagine uh, how perplexed the kindergarten teacher was when I came into the classroom and couldn't speak anything other than please and thank you. Long story longer, six weeks into it, I was fluent in, in English. And that's how quickly children do learn and absorb. Um, 
came from a very, you know, strict kind of background, uh, which is kind of leads me into the the kind of life that, not that I'm leading a strict life, but I am into protocol. I am into doing things the right way. I am into treating people with respect, sort of grew up in, a, in an old school kind of family. From there, I, I entered the first class of women at Lehigh University, which was an amazing experience being in a fishbowl as a woman you know, a hundred women in the first graduating class and 4,000 men. I mean, it's, you can't even describe when you're 18 years old, what that feels like. Wow. Um, suffice it to say, you've got to buck up pretty quickly and um, get over the fact and, and, and really step into your confidence and your greatness in any way that you can. And believe me, it was tough. It was, it didn't just happen. Um, but what I what I really learned there, the, the education, in addition to the business education, was the the social education that I had being around boys and men and things like that. Um, suddenly, I realized they were no different than me. I mean, a little bit different, obviously, but they were no different. And I made it my um, goal to be the best that I could be for myself. And I put on blinders. I didn't look left. I didn't look right. And I just did what I had to do. And from there, so I had a lot of firsts in my life. And I think that sort of defines who I am. And I like that. I like being a pioneer. And from there, I went into the field of executive recruiting. And I had six interviews in an all-male company before they hired me. They just could not get over that a young woman would want to be a recruiter a young woman with an engagement ring on, a young woman who they asked uh, when she was getting married, was she going to have children? Was she going to work? I mean, the questions, mm. I can't. And, and, you know, back in the day, Kelly, you, I mean, you just took it. You just answered them. You were very transparent. You didn't know what else to do. And again, they were so perplexed with, I guess, my dynamism um, and my, <laughs> uh, my presentation at that young age, I got hired and I became the best in the group. And at 28, I left and I started my own company uh, in the recruiting field during a recession, uh, hung in there, toughed it out. And from there, I just became, I became, I learned to become a leader is what I learned to become. You know, initially at 28 uh, in those times, the leadership form was very uh, autocratic, very yes. autocratic. Once I learned that that didn't work, I became far more open and sharing and doing all the things that a good leader does. And I was very, very fortunate. I had some great people working for me and they're all even greater today. Um, subsequent to me selling the company, they're all doing such fabulous things. And I wouldn't tell anybody but you that, but I take pride in that because I feel like I helped uh, make them the people that they became. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Susan, what a story. <laughs> I just love that. And some of the pieces that that really spoke to me that I know our listeners are going to hear as well is that you, ha you had to own your confidence and step mm -hmm. into it and not be looking left and right. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, the impact that you had on all of those people to recognize that is it's definitely admirable. Wow. Thank you. 
Oh my gosh. I I make it sound now, not easy, but I make it sound like it just all happened. But there were a lot of struggles that, that had to be gone through to get where I was today. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of times people don't realize that, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen, he didn't, he didn't uh, get where he is before he spent countless, you know, gigs in a place like the Stone Pony. And by the way, because you're from Pennsylvania, not from, you're from New Jersey, but because <laughs> you went to school in Pennsylvania, like I did, I always tell people when we talk about success, about the time that we all went to the Allentown State Fair with all the pigs and everything else that was there, you know, all the little animals and all that <laughs> stuff. And there was Billy Joel in one of his first gigs at the Allentown State Fair. And look where he is today. And if that's not a success story that, you know, so I think back to I think back to that. And I I look at that and I say, you know what, anybody can do anything if they stick to it. Are you tired of draining your ad spend budget and still not landing in front of your ideal clients? Did you know the amount of podcasts have more than tripled in the past three years? And podcast advertising is helping more people get in front of their ideal customers. Visit my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to schedule a quick chat with me to see if your business qualifies to advertise on our show. Oh my goodness. Yes. What those are awesome words of encouragement. And what a great story. Oh my gosh, Billy Joel way back when. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Susan, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, yes, just the summary of your story sounds like it was easy. Sure. So can you tell us about a time that you, you know, felt a little shaken, that your confidence did feel shaken? And, you know, some emotions around it and and what you did to elevate past that. So uh, what happened was things were going swimmingly. You know, once we got through the recession, um, we then came to a point about seven or eight years later where uh, in this country and around the world, everything was becoming global. And what that meant was that organizations were starting to flatten and they were laying people off and they were not just cutting into the fat, they were making their companies anorexic. They were cutting into the bone. There was very little need for placing what I will always call full-time because there's no such thing as a permanent job. Um, I don't use that word. It's very outdated. Um, You know, life is a temporary assignment. So, so is everything that you do in your life, essentially, because you go from one thing to the next, depending upon what you're doing. But um, so I looked at this company and I said, oh my gosh, um, the sales are going down. Uh, is there ever going to be a need for a recruiter again? What's going to happen? And I started going out and talking to people. And I went to a conference and I met a woman from the UK where the idea of the interim executive was very, very hot at the time. Along with that, I read a book by a Harvard a business professor who whose name was Charles Handy. And he wrote a book called The Age of Unreason. And in that book, he talked about the Shamrock organization, where the cloverleaf would consist of the executive branch, the core, the people that show up every day, and then all of the consultants, the temporaries, the people that would come on and off as the business webbed and flowed. 
And all of a sudden it hit me between her and the book. I said, this is where I'm going. And so we started writing to every CEO in the tri-state area. That's where we started because that's where a ton of businesses are, a lot of Fortune 500 companies. I didn't write to the uh, HR people. I wrote directly to the CEO because I knew that he or she was going to bounce me down to the HR person. And hopefully here and there, I'd get a meeting. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I had pared down the company from 10 people to three. It was an admin, myself, and one of my recruiters who decided she needed knee surgery, which she did. And I said, you know what? Things are so quiet. Just go get your knee surgery. And with that, Prudential called us and said, we need 12 contract recruiters within the next month. And I essentially became a one-armed paper hanger. I was the only one in the office with the admin interviewing, getting people, how to figure out how to get them, how to get banking, how to get payroll, how was I going to pay for this? Um, so in addition to, you know, my own investment, I found a banker that had faith in this. And in two years, we made the Inc. 500. So I went from thinking that I was completely out of business and never going to make it again to stepping out and saying, what can I do? What can I learn? Who can I talk to? How can I reinvent this company? And that's a big, that's a big word that I think we all have to think about. Whatever you're doing today, including you, Kelly, whatever this looks like today, you better start thinking about what it's going to look like in two years and in five years. Because nothing is static. I told you, everything is temporary. So, you know, it's great to be flying high. The day comes where you've got to reinvent. You've got to think about how am I going to, how am I going to change this? How am I going to stay one step ahead of the competition? And that's essentially what we did. And um, it was the most exciting. It was, it was so exciting to see the business more from, you know, a static recruiting business to one where we, the concept that, I had actually learned and reinvented and pioneered became something really, really big. So I think that that was a real turning point for me. My confidence was shaken. I thought that I'd be forever just placing people in great jobs and that would be it. But um, what I learned in that particular time, which I continue to utilize every single day is what does tomorrow look like? What does next year look like? What does three years look like? What is, so when you have people, and even then, you know, people didn't want, oh, I don't like change. Oh, I want a permanent job. Well, sorry, you're probably going to be a contractor for the rest of your life. You know, I didn't say it like that, but that was the truth. And so what do we need to do to constantly stay one step ahead? And I think that's a question that any entrepreneur, any business person, any corporate person has to ask themselves because today is today. It's the present. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and we have to be prepared. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, uh, (laughs) so one quick question around that. Were you taught to have that kind of insight? Um, Because I bet there's probably going to be a lot of people listening that are saying, well, how did you know to do that? So how did you learn to start to look so far ahead and think, you know, what does next year look like? Two years, five years? Well, for one thing, I always, you know, I was very involved in in the search for finance professionals, finance and accounting professionals. So there were, there were always people we were looking for with long range planning skills. So maybe that was part of it. But I also think just um, uh, maybe my life story and growing up and, and I, I can't even remember what, what, 
kindergarten was like, but you know, you're there and you have to pretty, you have to, what do I have to do to, to be part of this, you know? And so in that case, I had to learn a new language. Um, what do I have to do to, uh, I was studying, you know, arts in high school, languages, et cetera, et cetera. I was not studying STEM, which I would recommend to any young woman today, go that path or business. Um, so when I got into the business school and remember, you're talking about an engineering college where if they didn't make it in engineering, those guys came into the business college. So they already had those techie quantitative skills that I had to learn. So again, what did I have to do to, what did I have to do so that I could keep up so that I could stay ahead? Did I have to go to learn something special? Did I have to do something? One thing I want to tell you, which is kind of funny, I want to admit this to the public because it's something I've been dealing with my whole life. I never, I am a hunt and peck typist. I have never taken a typing class because at that time, you hi, if you were a woman in the business college, you would hire somebody to type your papers. You were never supposed to be a typist or an admin or a secretary. And so to this day, I have lived my life hunting and pecking emails. <laughs> Oh my. Yeah, I so am. That's my, I'm that's my big admission. <laughs> that's my, and people are always like, well, you should take a class. And I'm like, I'll take a class in anything you want me to. I will not take a class in typing. <laughs> that's when we have voice recognition, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. I have that too. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so I don't know how I knew. I think it's just, I think I'm a change agent internally. That's my personality. I have that personality. I like to change. I like to grow. I like to learn new things. I, you know, I hate that term now. It's so overused lifelong learner, but we all have to be, we've got to constantly. And when people say, oh, I don't like technology. I don't like this platform. I don't like that. Well, you better start liking it because once you start liking it, something else is coming down the pike and you're going to have to learn it. Yes. Yes. So it's just change is, change is, the way of the world today. That's if you don't like change, well, I don't know, better go live in the mountains somewhere where no one can see you because the change is just part of life. And it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop with the innovation. I mean, look at this, uh, you know, the AI chat now. I mean, it's just one thing after another and you have to keep up with it if you want to stay relevant. If you don't care about staying relevant, okay, so be it. But I like to, you know, keep up with what's going on in the world with my clients, with my, you know, and the, and my clients are getting younger, right? Because I'm getting older. So the clients are getting younger. So what we did two years ago is very different than what we're going to be doing two years from now. So get with the program. Yeah. Yes. And I, I love that you, you mentioned that, you know, if you don't like change, you need, you need to learn to like it. Because I <laughs> do think, I think when we were younger, it was understood or, implied that you would get a job, you would stay in that job, you know, forever, and you'd mm-hmm. retire with your, you know, your happy 401k. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. there were those of us that became entrepreneurs, and we had uh-huh. to shift and figure all of that out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, for me, uh, this goes back now, I don't know how many years ago, but um, I had to set up a 401k for my all my contractors, I had like 200 contractors, 10 people in the office. So we were over 200 people. And I knew that they were not going to get a pension because those days were going by the wayside. So I did that for my employees. And that was a huge change for me, for us, for the company, for my controller, for everybody. But we did it and we have to do it. 
today. People have to, again, they, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but you have to, you have to always be thinking ahead, um, stay ahead. And if you have employees, you have to be thinking about not only what's best for the bottom line, but what's best for them. Because if you do the right thing for them, you're going to retain them. If you retain them, it's going to be a lot more, uh, a lot easier for you. And you're going to save a lot of money because hiring new people is very, very costly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Susan, oh, so, so much wisdom. <laughs> no, a lot of a lot of great, great insight and, and wisdom. I appreciate it. So can you talk about, you know, you've talked about your business a little bit. And so can you talk about what you're doing now to help women elevate themselves to be the best version of themselves, grow their confidence? What are you, what are you doing? So I used to say, think like a man, work like a dog and act like a lady. Hmm. Now I say, thanks to one of my clients, Think like a man. Yes, we have to think like a man. We have to be linear sometimes. Yes, sometimes decisions have to be based on fact and black and white. Um, so think like a man, uh, work like a dog. Well, essentially, you know, I, I, I kind of like that's yes, work like a dog, meaning when you're starting a business or you're doing something or you're doing something new, you have to work hard. Now, there are people who think that working hard is the key to success. No, you have to work hard and you have to work smart, but you do have to work like a dog. You have to you have to do things that you never thought you would do. You have to reach out to people. You have to go to appointments. You have to go to you have to do a lot of things that are heavy lifting. But instead of acting like a lady, which I still happen to like, but this client gave me this idea of feel like a woman. And I think there's a lot to be said, feel like a woman. So women do lead differently. Women lead way differently than men. And so why do you see the more sophisticated, larger, particularly Fortune 500 companies having diverse boards, not only people of color, but having women on the board? Because a woman's take on the Dove soap bar or the, the Colgate toothpaste is different than what a man's might be. Maybe a woman yeah. is looking for different packaging or different scent or different flavor, whatever it might be. So, so think like a man, work like a dog and feel like a woman, feel like a woman, be a woman, be feminine. I love this morning I saw on NBC, uh, the coach for Ella, the LSU ladies basketball team. She's from Louisiana. She said, we dress up down there. They had clips of her in all different beautiful outfits on the basketball court. I thought to myself, wow, there are still some of us out there that do want to feel like a woman and, you know, be that feminine person and bring that to the table while thinking like a man. And see, the good news is, is that you can keep up with the guys who try and give you like the runaround, but you can speak as you're thinking like them. But at the same time, you're retaining your femininity. And I think it's very important. I don't want to be a man. What I do feel today, um, Kelly, what, what really astonishes me is how many years have gone by for women in the workplace and we are still struggling with this. Why? Why? And the sisterhood does not always treat the sisterhood so well. The men's boys club, they're very good to each other. We yes. really need to 
We really need, I mean, to say this after all these years, because I see it, women, they need to learn that, stick together. Yeah, you you know, be able to talk to the men, be able to think like a man, but there's something about sponsoring a woman, mentoring a woman, coaching a woman that makes a huge difference woman to woman. So there's a lot of things that I really feel we should be much further along and not to be negative. It's just the truth. I see it. So we shouldn't, this constant thing about confidence, it's a constant thing that I'm working on with a lot of my women coaches. Um, You got to step out of your comfort zone and you got to think like a man, that's all. And you got to think like a business partner. You can't think about, you know, it's not, intuition is great and I use it a lot, but a lot of times you have to use facts. You got to look at the black and white and you have to think like that. And a lot of us, we're still not doing it. So yeah. um, we've come a long way, but not far enough as far as I, we we still, there's a lot that we can do to help each other and help ourselves. Absolutely. And get out of this comfort zone that we're in. You know, take a bold step. Do something. I always say to my the people I'm coaching, do something bold every day. It's on my whiteboard. I look at it every day. And if I haven't done something bold, and it could be anything, then I feel like maybe I haven't reached my goal that day. Yeah. So, Susan, can you? Um, so, absolutely. Our, our con- we need to constantly work on our confidence and uh-huh. and supporting women. So, can you take us through a couple steps that you would recommend for women to start doing that? Um, I know for myself, but by the way, uh, this this is something I work on every day too. You know, like when you're reaching back to a client, or or you have to follow up with a client, and or maybe you have to tell someone that. Um, but let's talk about this. Uh, you have to. Um, you have to tell, you have to fire someone. Let's put, let's use that because it's an extreme example. Um, instead of, because I know when I was younger, I would have sleepless nights for nights and nights and nights. Now, and again, I always say the tone makes the music. You can, you can, you can fire a person and they come out thinking it's their idea and they're so grateful because they were so miserable in the job anyway. Um, I'm talking about someone like that. I'm not talking about someone who did something heinous, but someone who just isn't right for the job you know, how do you position that to make it seem like, like it's their idea? And that takes confidence to be able to say it in such a way that you're not hurting someone's feelings. Or, um, you know, you've emailed a client three times, uh, a potential client, and they're just not getting back to you. What do you do? You say, you know what, I'm just going to one more time, I'm going to say, you know what, three strikes, I'm out. I'm here if you need me, but that takes confidence too, right? Because you're writing one more time, or maybe it's the third time, or maybe it's the fourth time, whatever it is. Uh, Three strikes, I'm out. I really hope to hear from you someday. Not feeling the timing is right for you right now. That takes confidence, doesn't it, Kelly? Absolutely. To release that. And you know, sometimes when I hit the send button, I go, what do I care? What do I care? I've been doing this for, you know, a few couple of decades now. I don't care. You know what? I'm doing something which is going to close the loop. Maybe, maybe not, but it takes confidence. Um, I recently had um, a client. I had a client come to me now. I, she hasn't hired me yet. She cannot talk on the telephone. She cannot. She texts everyone. And I told her, because she has a proposal and I know she's going to sign it. 
that all of our initial coaching sessions are going to be on the telephone. She's yeah. got to break that down. She's got to break. She has no confidence to talk on the, she could talk to you face to face, not comfortable on the phone. So, you know, when you say, how do you overcome that? You have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and deal with it. It's like going to a conference for the first time. Who am I going to talk to? What am I going to do? You're going to walk up to a group and you're not going to invade their space, but you're going to catch someone's eye. Hi, I'm Kelly Buckley. It's nice to meet you. This is my first time here. How long have you been coming? Whatever it might be. So there are many situations that are uncomfortable for us, but we have to just just do it, right? Yeah. Nike, just do it. Yeah, yes. Exactly <laughs> what I thought of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all know does that, that one. Answer, does that answer <laughs> that question? I mean, it's there's so many examples I could give of that, but the biggest the biggest piece of it is you have to go into these uncomfortable zones and just deal with it and just get and realize that you're not the only one. You know, someone I was watching something the other day about oh, some one of my friends said to me, Oh, I could never go to dinner and eat by myself. I said, oh, I do. Well, if I'm in the city and I'm overnight, yeah, I, I go to dinner, I go to breakfast, whatever. She goes, I could never do that. I go, but you go to the grocery store by yourself. You go clothing shopping by yourself. Why is that any different? Why is that any different? So to that person, I would say, go have a cup of coffee. I'm giving all these brands, all this great, you know, uh, 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 play today, but go to Starbucks, go to Dunkin' Donuts, order yourself a cup of coffee and sit there by yourself. And, and that, that could build your confidence just in something like that. Absolutely. That was a, a recommendation when I, I went through a divorce and uh -huh. that was my life coach coach's recommendation was start taking yourself out. Uh huh. And I think that helped build some of my confidence beyond that. And, and mm -hmm. that was her suggestion was start small and look at it as not going out by yourself, but taking yourself out. I love that. It's very good. That. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, <laughs> I threw a lot at you today. You I did. And I love it. Um, because some of the, the major points that I picked up were looking ahead to your future, how we see ourselves, and then looking at, you know, what are some of those areas that we need to step outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, the the technology and the texting things, I think, are just, they're escalating that people are getting more and more afraid of having verbal conversations. And it's just looking at, we do need to start getting out of that and having personal conversations. Well, and, you know, I will tell anybody that I'm coaching right now, uh, whether it's a leadership coaching kind of gig with a company or a career coaching, I will tell them how the, I'll say to them, how often do you go in the office? Well, I don't really have to. Yes, you do. Cause you're not going to get promoted unless they see your face. It's just not going to happen on zoom. Sorry. You got to be able to, you have to have that, those water cooler conversations, which make all the difference in how we connect with people. You know, at some point I'm thinking there's going to be a backlash towards that, but it's, um, I don't know when, I mean, it, because right now we're still, people are still shutting down and texting and, and, and I told you about the, the problem I had, you know, with my email and everything is a text, a text online. Sometimes you have to hear the tone of a person's voice to really understand what they're communicating 
And you know as well as I do, because we've all had it happen, where you've said something you didn't mean to, and it comes across as starky, and you didn't mean that. But because they can't hear the tone in your voice, yeah. this is what happens. So that, That's the New Jersey in us, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey tomato in us, yeah. We try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. Do you have any last minute words or anything that you would like to add to wrap us up? Well, the final thing I'm going to say, and obviously you're a great example of this, having started this podcast. Um, one thing that I find men do very easily and women don't is invest in themselves. So if you're here and you're listening and you're struggling, well, you, you mentioned you had a life coach. Um, if you're here and you're struggling with something, and you can't figure it out on your own, invest in yourself, get some kind of help, take a course, get a coach, um, step out of the comfort zone that you're in there, you know, ruminating about what's wrong and what's not working and do something to change. Notice the theme of, of this whole, you know, podcast, right? So do something that's going to change, but especially for uh, people who are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, if you don't invest in you, nobody's going to. You're not working for a Fortune 500 company that sends you to different classes and does all that and, and actually, you know, locks you into their culture for, for all intents and purposes. If you're on your own, you're struggling, get some help. Realize that no business ever made it without having some serious investment put into it. And, uh, and that would be my final word of wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate you being here and, and just hearing from you and, and getting to know you a little better. Thank you, Kelly. Oh, and by the way, I stepped out of my comfort zone when I saw you on, that's a good example. I saw you on LinkedIn and the name of the podcast is, tell me, say it to the audience. Beautifully Confident. Beautifully Confident. And I uh, linked in with you and I said, can I be on your contest, uh, con um, podcast? Am I beautifully confident? And you're like, yes. And you put me on. So <laughs> I stepped out of a comfort zone there, right? And you could have said no. All right, you said no. So what? Next. Yes. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be insulted, you know? So no ask, no get. Simple as that. I love that. That is absolutely true. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kelly. It was great. Thank you. So that is all for today's episode of the Beautifully Confident Show. Thank you so much for joining us as we explored the powerful connection between beauty and confidence. And remember, if you're feeling like your confidence has been shaken, it's never too late to rise up and step into your most beautifully confident self. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information on how you can connect with us and continue your journey towards self-love and empowerment. Until next time, stay beautifully confident. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.